Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is the third day of September 2021, Labor Day weekend, three days away from work. We celebrate work. I will be talking about what I perceive to be the collapse of American command leadership or command presence, as the Marine officers used to say it, what that means to America, to NATO, and to the West in general. The Castle family is still in good health, as far as we know. Looking forward to Labor Day weekend, three days away from work, away from the office. Ribs cooking on the Castle Grill on Monday afternoon. Come by and see us if you're in the neighborhood. But the real excitement is that the family daughter will leave her safe haven in the glorious golden city of Los Angeles, California, and head to Germantown, Tennessee, to be with her parents next weekend. We haven't seen her in almost two years, so we're very excited about that. Let me put this in very common terms, folks, to start this podcast, and that is that Joe Biden has lost his mojo, his command presence, his command authority. That means that America has lost its mojo as well, because to the rest of the world right now, unfortunately, Joe Biden is America. He is especially America to communist China, North Korea, Iran, Russia, and the Islamic jihadists around the world. You've probably heard the adage that power abhors a vacuum, and in this case, something or somebody will step in to fill that vacuum left by the collapse at the top of the American institutions upon which American and Western safety and security depend. The Washington power establishment made up of the intelligence, security, diplomatic, and military, which project American command authority around the world, are in a state of almost complete collapse. You can bet the farm. The rest of the world is noticing that. The collapse has been brought to the forefront by the debacle in Afghanistan, but the rot has been eating at the foundations for some time. The debacle in Kabul gave the world, and especially America, a chance to see Joe Biden for what he really is, and that is a cold, calculating, uncaring, unfeeling, self-important, egotistical, and most of all, incompetent leader of the world sees him in no amount of spin by the New York Times or protection from his sycophants and social media can change that. The world sees him for what he is, the leaders of the world have had a full-on, up-close, and personal look at what they see. And that has changed the perception of America in the world's eyes, perhaps forever. NATO allies who fought with us in Afghanistan for 20 years under the 9-11 Accords of One for All found out that means exactly nothing to the President of the United States. They even resorted to begging at times, pleading with the leader of the free world to please extend the August 31st deadline for the withdrawal of American troops. The Allies cared about their people who were going to be left and trapped there to the tender mercies of the Taliban. But Joe Biden did not care, not one little bit he didn't. NATO called an emergency G7 summit of the leaders of the most powerful countries in the world in an effort to extend the deadline. But the president said no. When Churchill became so desperate during the early days of World War II that he had to go to Roosevelt with his hat in hand, 
the president did not refuse him, did not embarrass him, did not refuse to take his calls, but instead found a way to help him in his struggle against Nazi Germany. The allies of all the NATO countries now know that Joe Biden does not give one little wit about them. He doesn't care about their people. And much worse, he doesn't care about his own people. In fact, thanks to Joe Biden, the Taliban are now a better armed nation than virtually every NATO country. He left those people there. America left its own people in harm's way, turned its back, ran in the cowardly fashion that has become the trademark of this president. It is far more than embarrassing. It is disgraceful, unthinkable, disgusting, and cowardly, an insult to every person who has ever worn the uniform. The whole world can see it. While our allies cringe, hold their collective breaths, our enemies exult in our humiliation. The Chinese have already made overtures. The Taliban said they would welcome them into Afghanistan. The presence boast that we accomplished the goal of ending Afghanistan as a terrorist haven and training ground is false, completely false, nothing but a pack of lies. Not only did we not end it, we made it worse, much worse, because the terrorists now have almost $100 billion worth of high-tech weapons, a lot more than the best military equipment in the world was abandoned by President Biden. He abandoned many American citizens, many Afghans who helped in America's long war. He gave a list of their names to the Taliban so they could be later be rounded up, tortured, murdered, or held for ransom. Now, we also learn he abandoned hundreds of reporters employed by the U.S. government. When he gave them his solemn word, he would not leave them. The Pentagon is constantly correcting his numbers upward to hundreds, not dozens of Americans left. That probably means thousands, folks. You are painfully aware that I was a U.S. Marine a long time ago. I'm very proud to have served, to have worn that uniform. Every Marine is taught from boot camp on he will never be left. Never left on the battlefield, someone, he is told, will even recover his body and get it home to his family. That's why it's so hard for members of the armed services to just turn their backs and walk away from Americans left in enemy hands like cowards. It is apparently not hard for Joe Biden, though not one little bit, when he gave a few brief remarks about it the other day. Peter Alexander of NBC News asked him what would happen if Americans remained stuck in Afghanistan after the deadline expired. You'll be the first person I call, he said, over his shoulder. <coughs> Excuse me, folks. Over his shoulder as he was walking out, cold, unfeeling, with no understanding of the gravity of the moment. He had a chance to lead, to be a leader, but he could not or would not. He showed the same cold, unfeeling attitude with the families of the 13 dead Marines as he did with that reporter. I won't go into detail about his meeting with those who agreed to see him. Those are private things, but family members reported later. It did not go well. It was all about him, they said. His grief from when his veteran son, Bo, died from cancer, one young Marine's mother, said she told the president that the difference was that her son was murdered. And when he heard that, he just turned and walked away from her. The scene of his attendance at the transfer of the Marine bodies, where he kept looking at his watch as each body passed, as if he had somewhere more important to be 
typical of his demeanor throughout this affair of Biden's rank incompetence is so apparent it makes me think there must be more to it. The rest of the story is that he appears to be a complete sociopath. But since I'm not qualified to give that diagnosis, I will say that he exhibits classic sociopathic behavior, the way he treated the dead Marines' families. It's all about me on every occasion, the constant lying to glorify himself, referring to the one of the worst foreign policy disasters in history as a smashing success, all indicate the classic signs. No empathy, no compassion except faked emotions, and not a very good fake either. He can claim his decision was a successful one, a smashing success, as he said, but if he really believes that, he's most likely a total psychopath, not a sociopath at all. My gut reaction is that nothing will anger the public like his disrespect of the dead Marines and their families. Sociopaths don't care about such things. He seems emotionally unable to care. And instead, he has a cold, contemptuous disregard for the lives of those he sends into harm's way. He even blamed Americans still stranded there for their own condition. They didn't get to the airport. They were dual citizens. But I must point out to the president that several members of Congress are also dual citizens. Joel Biden has been in office seven months, and he has lurched from one crisis to the next, each one worse than the other. His gross incompetence is so obvious, I'm starting to think that even Kamala Harris could not do worse. The disasters are of Biden's own creation, as it seems. Events are overtaking and swamping him. His administration is floundering. That means the nation flounders as well. The results of the disaster in Afghanistan seem lost on him. He does not seem to grasp. He has created a disaster that will plague America for decades, maybe longer. He created a terrorist state and armed it with almost $100 billion worth of the best military equipment in the world. True, the Taliban are probably not capable of reverse engineering the high-tech machines he left them, but the Iranians and the Chinese certainly are. He apparently abandoned an unknown amount of $100 bills, but the number is in the billions. The president of the Afghan puppet state, Mr. Ghani, reportedly fled with $100 million in his briefcase, according to the U.S. military. Biden tries to portray himself as a hapless victim. Events not of his choosing. Responsibility has simply overwhelmed the man. The truth tells a different story. Every disaster from illegal immigrants to the money printing resulting inflation to this withdrawal catastrophe have been of his making. Well, once again, the consequences of this disaster are difficult to exaggerate. The largest, most public, costliest hostage situation in history has been created, and it will plague the country for years. Enemies of the United States will be emboldened. Islamic terror has been given a safe haven and almost $100 billion in weapons. The damage to the reputation of the United States is hard to calculate, but my guess is that we will never be looked at the same way again after all. We abandoned our allies. We refused to take their calls. We left people in harm's way. People that we had the ability but not the courage or the will to save. By the way, folks, as an aside, do you know how many working... Functional machine guns were left to the Taliban, 26,000. That's right, 26,000. 
In conclusion, heads will roll at the top over this? No, not likely. Heads like the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Millie, Secretary of Defense, Austin, there are many others in the chain of command and influence who should be expunged from Washington before we come to the president, 90 retired officers of general rank, and from all the armed services re released an open letter calling for the resignation or removal of these people. The letter said these people care a lot more about PC wokeness than they do about rescuing Americans and training Americans to fight and win wars. Finally, folks, the current crisis has been brought on by the collapse of command and leadership of Joe Biden. That is a virtual guarantee that this crisis will get worse rather than better. What needs to happen? Indeed, what must happen if we are to continue this American nation as a free and independent country? We must find and exercise some constitutional way to hold people accountable and clean house. It must start with the American people. They must demand it. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Until next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.